everybody. This is your host, Donnie Turner, for the Free for Life podcast show. I am very excited and um, very excited for the, my next guest on the show today. Um, it's actually um, my old friends. I met them over at the Folsom Congregation over in California, Northern California, where I originate from. They're such a power couple. They started their online business in LuLaRoe back in 2015, <laughs> built it up to such a point that they actually hit a peak of over 150 people in their organization. It allowed them to quit their day jobs and live on a single income for a while, essentially becoming financially free, moved all across the country, ultimately buying their dream home. And not only that, not only did they have their online business in LuLaRoe, but they actually have dealt in real estate for quite a long time, investing, including house hacking over three homes and moving an insane amount about eight times in 12 years. They actually sold their last home in Folsom to buy their current dream home in Tennessee and have also purchased three duplexes in Kentucky just from previous investments. Go ahead and check them out on Facebook, uh, shoppingwithcc.com. They also have an Instagram, LuLaRoe, shoppingwithcc. And check out their web store, shoppingnowwithcc.com. Krista and Cameron Carroza, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks so much, Donnie. We appreciate you having us. Excited to be here. Yeah, this is great. Um, so yeah, I've been waiting for this episode for a while now. You know, um, we've known each other for a little while. It's, it's been the first time we've talked in a while. I know our schedules are, are pretty heavy. Um, but let's get into it. Uh, first, you know, real basic question. How did you find out about LuLaRoe? Did you get in really early? How did you find out about this company? Um, okay, let's see. So LuLaRoe started in 2013. I joined in 2015, so they were still um, kind of a baby company. I think there were only about 4,000 retailers when I joined, and a friend of mine was selling it, and I was seeing her pictures and everything all over Facebook, and um, it just was really eye-catching to me, and it looked super cute. It was She just kept talking about how comfortable everything was, and so I just wanted to try it out. And when I tried my first pair of leggings, I knew that I was going to need a lot more of them (laughs) and that this could be a problem. (laughs) Pretty much. And uh, anyway, then Cameron um, and she had shared on Facebook that this was a business opportunity, that Mm. anybody could do this. And so um, I just kind of put that, you know, in the back of my mind, not really I wasn't worried about that. I was worried about getting more leggings. Um, (laughs) And then Cameron was talking about, we were kind of, we had just bought a new house and uh, we had had our third baby and there were just a lot of expenses coming up. And we were on a single income at the time. It was just me working. We were on a single Mm -hmm. income. I was a stay-at-home mom and Cameron was um, contemplating getting a job working evenings, just doing retail or something or Starbucks, you know, just kind of something to bring in a few extra hundred bucks every month. And so I just kind of threw it out there and I said, well, there's this clothing company, LuLaRoe, and uh, my friend is doing it and she seems to be having a lot of success. And I wonder if I could do that. I thought she was just trying to buy more clothes. It's <laughs> just a good way of me saying, I'm, I'm working by just buying more clothes. No, he was very supportive and he was kind of like, well, if you want to do that, that's, that'd be awesome. Um, and I don't think we knew what all we were getting into when we signed up to sell it just because it did become our full-time income for a while. And I don't think we ever anticipated that happening, but like never, 
Yeah. yeah. Never. But um, it's just been one of the biggest blessings in our lives financially. And um, well, I'm going on four years now. So I remember when she said, like, she presented it to me and I could tell she was thinking about it for a while. And like, we've, we've tried like other ventures and stuff. Like we're mm-hmm. never one just to sit on our laurels and just go with the status quo. And so she's like, I was thinking about selling like these leggings and stuff. And I'm like, all right, well, like, I'm all about just like, well, try, but all right, what's it going to cost? And like, I, I sort of had a number in my head of what I thought it might cost. And when she told me the number, it was like twice as much mm-hmm. as what I thought. And I'm like, okay, well, how are you going to pay for it? Or how are we going to get our money back? And she was like, well, I was thinking about it. And I know a lot of like financial people don't like this, but she said like, we can just get a no interest credit card for like 24 months. We'll put it all on that. And then we'll just pay it off. And like each month. And I'm like, yeah, it sounds good to me. And so, <laughs> sure. I love that. I love that. Hey, I will tell you, if we could have bought a few duplexes that way, we would have. <laughs> totally. Totally. So, you know, I know a lot of people say like, don't use credit cards. They're bad. And, and they are bad if you don't know what you're doing. But I mean, she had a game plan and, you know, I was like pretty tight with her. Like, okay, we got this money. We got to pay off the credit card. So we had 24 months, but I think we paid it off. In we like, paid it off in 10 months. In 10 months. Wow. It was like completely paid off. And so then it just start coming in. So it was, it was really great. So it was definitely, like she said, more than we've ever thought it could be. So yeah. Yeah. Um, when did you realize, you know, obviously it started off as a part-time thing and maybe even kind of like a hobby. When did you realize like, okay, we really got something here. We got a, we got a business. Um, I'd say about probably about three months in, um, that quick. Yeah, it was the company itself was just really taking off. Like I said, I was probably somewhere around the 4,000 retailer mark. And then probably after those three months, there were 10,000. So it had, the company had like more than doubled in just a few months. And then it was doubling like (laughs) <laughs> it seemed like every month for a while. Yeah. Um, obviously, it wasn't quite that fast, but it was just growing at an extremely rapid rate. Um, and so, like, the beginning of 2016, we were talking about the team aspect of the company, and I wasn't real keen on that in the beginning, honestly. I just thought, I just want to do my parties and sell my clothes and this is just fun and, and we're making the extra income that we wanted. So mm-hmm. I wasn't real worried about that, but um, then we kind of realized like, okay, this is kind of this explosive growth happening. We don't want to miss out on this opportunity. Um, and now having the team is like some That's of my, awesome. some of my best friends are selling LuLaRoe with me. So I mean, it just, like I said, in more ways than one, it turned out to be something that was just more than we could ever have dreamed of. So. Well, one of the cool things for me is, I mean, I remember Krista was saying like, I don't want a team. And then it was kind of like that realization of like, well, these people are joining anyways, might as well be under us. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like once that sort of mind shift happened, it just, it blew up. And like you said, like at, at the peak, it was around, it was around like 130 people were, were on the team. And I mean, it was awesome, but it, it was more awesome to see my wife step out of just, I'm a stay at home mom. I, I feed three kids four including me, you know, like, and that's, and do laundry. That's all I do. Then she was like managing. And I remember sitting 
she would like close off the office door and she would have these like team conference calls and like sales meetings. And, and I'm like, like, that's my wife in there. Like, <laughs> like she's managing this thing. Like it's like a boss. And uh, it was really cool to see her like grow and develop and, and not just her, like said, like the friendships made and, and seeing all these other women at the same time, like develop from, you know, kind of these wallflower peoples to they're getting on Facebook lives in front of who knows how many people selling clothes and, and it, it's just, it's just neat to see, you know, it really is. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, just so two quick questions for, for the, for the listeners that have never heard of LuLaRoe before, can we just talk really briefly? I think it's such a cool concept. Let's, let's talk really quickly about how that is. And then, you know, yeah. I actually wanted to ask you about that. You, you mentioned wallflowers turning into social media personalities. Um, how was it becoming an online personality, getting live in front of people, trying on, well, you know, so wearing sad. different <laughs> outfits and hey guys this is so cute i mean you know well i can tell you once you once i put on the dress it's like <laughs> just a whole new personality took over so it was have you been watching our stuff yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no. <laughs> okay so to answer your first question so mm-hmm. LuLaRoe is a women's clothing company although we do have some men's items as well they're kind of you know they're they're trying to branch out into different oh. markets but um it started out as just a maxi skirt company. They were making those long maxi skirts um, and it was a party-based company. So you would just uh, bring your skirts to someone's house and they would like dig through these bins of different size skirts. And then um, it just kind of evolved. And I think they just started wanting to grow. And so instead of just growing in, skirts they decided well what if we branched out and we made a dress and what if we made a shirt and these leggings and Mm -hmm. um they had some kind of proprietary um i think initially they had some proprietary um information with different fabrics and the ways that they were using the fabrics and you know different um weaves and that kind of thing Um, So anyways, it just kind of started to grow and then it turned into this clothing line um, that women like me who were maybe a stay-at-home mom or I know women that actually run businesses and are professors at colleges that sell LuLaRoe just part-time, like in their spare time, um, you know, it's kind of just like an extra thing for them. So really anybody do this um but uh but it's it started out as just this clothing line and then um the kind of gimmicky thing about it is that uh we don't get to pick the prints in anything we get so when we place an order we're ordering from LuLaRoe based on the style the size and the quantities that we want in those items And then every time we get a box, it's so exciting because we don't know what anything in that box is going to look like. It could have cats on it. It could have flowers on it. It could be polka dot, plaid. And Cameron's mom actually was just shocked and in awe when I was explaining that to her the first time. She's like, wait, so they're selling you stuff and you're like, dying to order all the time and you don't know what it's gonna look like and I was like yeah (laughs) so I have to say the one thing is so she she convinced me like let's start this and then it was an investment that we you know started it up 
we get our first box of inventory. But I will say, yes, it's an investment. But if you're going to open a clothing store, it is... There's no overhead because it's where you already live. It's by far like the, yeah. the least expensive way to do that. So oh, for yeah. someone who is actually wanting to do a boutique business, it's the best opportunity for that. So anyways. Yeah, I can imagine. So this is, this is when they just started out. And so we get this box and I'm like, okay, what did I buy? And I open it up and there was these mustard yellow leggings with green, red, and blue cat heads on them. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, what no. did I just spend this money on? <laughs> and I was like, we thought we wasted our money. I was like, this is some scheme. What's going? No one's ever going to buy this. And she posted them. She just posted like at that time we were just doing like albums on Facebook. She posted mm-hmm. albums. Donnie, I kid you not, we sold out of every single thing. And I'm like, turns out people like cats. They do. Yes, they do. <laughs> they <laughs> like so, mustard yellow yeah. cats so was, on leggings. Yeah. Yeah, we've learned that like anything with animals on it, people go nuts over. Mm-hmm. Um, we like animals too. We're not saying like animals yeah, bad, but just but. you know, then they then LuLaRoe kind of started picking up on that trend, and so they started making more, and they made stuff, funny things like unicorns wearing sunglasses, and just you know, like they started making these really kitschy prints, and that's kind of become um, what sets them apart. Is that they make these prints. We don't know what it's going to look like. So every time we get something, it's super exciting. Um, every piece almost is unique because I can look around my store and I, I mean, I have maybe, we have about 1500 pieces of inventory on hand at any given time. And I maybe have five or six things that are a duplicate print in the entire inventory. So it Hmm. could be like a print that I have in a dress, but I also have it in a shirt. Um, I mean, just super, super rare. So everything is yeah. kind of one of a kind. And that's what has made this brand, I think, really stand on their own as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Christmas every time you get a shipment. You're like, what am I going to get? Yeah. <laughs> I'm I get a little rush every single time. Yeah. yeah. So um, it definitely it bring, provides that, you know, like that sense of urgency. Like, I got to buy it. Cause like, we don't know what we're going to get. So mm-hmm. if you or see if it, we'll get it again. And yeah. Yeah. So. so it's a cool model. Yeah, that's really cool on the consumer side. But I really liked what we were talking about briefly, just on the on the business side and mm-hmm. how it's such a cool concept. Like you said, you can start a boutique business with little to no overhead. And mm-hmm. the idea of um, Lula World just empowering women to start their own businesses and become entrepreneurs. I mean, I think Robert yeah. Kiyosaki, because... Um, on the business side, you, you'd explain it as more peer-to-peer, right? You, you, uh, you do all your advertising basically for free, social media to your peer group, and then yeah. sell online. Is that, is that correct? Yes. Um, you can pay for advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, we know a lot of people do and are very successful with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just haven't been as successful with it, and we're where we want to be. It's good right now Yeah. without yeah. it. So we haven't, we haven't really needed to take that step, but... We haven't necessarily, um, as far as the advertising goes, I, I feel like it's a little uncharted, uncharted territory for us still. Um, but we are loving where we're at without having to pay for it. So yeah, that's, that's perfect. Uh, yeah, like you're saying, the business side of it is, yes, it's really little to no overhead. You don't have, are actually not allowed to rent out retail spaces. That's interesting. So it, 
something that you kind of do out of your home. Um, and then uh, really your cost is your inventory and then, you know, monthly costs like shipping, mm-hmm. um, you know, supplies and stuff, the postcard, thank you cards, you know, just all the kinds of little, little stuff that adds up. But mostly, I mean, the profitability is really good. Well, the other day, so it was a while ago, I went, walked into like a mall store mm-hmm. and like, I saw this guy, there's one guy working there and he had his shelves just completely, you know, full of all this inventory and there wasn't a single person in there. And I was just Ouch. sitting there. I'm like, this guy's got to hire employees. Plus he's got to pay for the lease plus building out everything that needs to have. And there's not a single person in here and like got to keep the lights on as opposed to us. It's our house. Yeah, And like, I mean, right now you see like all these clothes behind us. We're in our garage. We, we converted our garage into a store um, with like dressing rooms and everything. And we'll open up our home and like, the, we're going to live here anyways. We would have the lights on anyways, yeah. but now we can write it off as a tax deduction. So it's just, wow. it, yeah. it's just amazing, you know, what you can do. So And not everyone has a setup like us. Some women only have like 30 pieces that they carry at a time. And they sell through those 30 pieces and then they get new ones and that's it. So I feel like there's been a shift now having a larger inventory like this. Fewer retailers are doing this anymore, but we like the in-home. I like the in-home store aspect of it um, where people can come over and shop and I get to connect with them and see them in person. And there's something about seeing someone try something on and them recognizing that they love it and they feel good in it and you don't always get that when you are only selling online so that's yeah. something that I really enjoy but the cool thing about it is this business model fits regardless of the size that you are whether you have a little closet that you dedicate mm-hmm. to it or you convert your garage or some people have built buildings on their property for it wow. too so yeah. it's um it's kind of all over the place you can you can yeah. plug yourself in yeah. so but this you know, fits I- good for us I keep um, having to mention on my episodes, we're in the age of disruption right now. You know, mm-hmm. you mentioned uh, that empty mall store. I mean, the mall, let's be honest, it's it's a dinosaur. Amazon yeah. was the meteorite that smashed it. Mm-hmm. And the and um, I talked about this in my previous episode, and I love that I'm bringing it up again. It's the idea that, you know, the industrial age, it, it brought us a new idea, and it's being an employee and having a boss. And, okay, sorry. But... You know, before that, before the industrial age, we had the boutique shops. You know, the guy mm-hmm. owned his own barbershop. The guy owned his own general goods store. And he was a small business owner. And that's just the way that life is. And I feel like right now we're going into this transition phase where it's coming back to that. But yeah. it's scalable, you know, but we right. have the internet. And instead of buying, you know, a piece of clothing that, you know, is a dime a dozen from a person you don't even know in a store to getting a one-of-a-kind piece from a friend. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. why would you go to the alternative? <laughs> well, not only that, like the, I call it like a tribe of what we're mm-hmm. building in our group. If you go to like shoppingwithcc.com, like in our Facebook group, like we have to allow you, we have to approve your request to join in. Because we're very selective on, on who we want. Like we want mm-hmm. positive things. But you'll see like, there's women all across the country that when we go live, they're talking to each other. They've made friends with each other. And it's like just that sense of community. And 
like that's what I love about it. It's just a bunch of women, you know, like they'll they'll get something and they'll post a picture and be like, hey, you know, look what Krista put together for me. And you've got, you know, like all these women saying, oh, it looks so great. I love that one, you know, and they're just building each other up. And like, that's the coolest thing to me, you know, like yeah. the, I mean, the money's, you know, it's fine or whatever, but just that sense of community and seeing like, like we're really touching people's lives. And like, and as a result, it's touching ours. And it's like, we're always talking whenever we go on our date nights, it always ends up on, you know, what's our goals for the future. And then like, man, how much we appreciate our customers and just mm. getting to know them on a deeper level. It's the coolest thing. I love that fostering community fostering entrepreneurship and you know I loved uh, that first thing you mentioned being on a date this is something I wanted to ask you for a while now just knowing you personally and how cool your story is I mean how powerful is it to be an entrepreneurial couple to both of you have entrepreneurial tendencies because I mean you know usually you have the entrepreneurial um, man or woman and then the other one's a little safe like oh I don't know if I want to do that that's usually the dynamic but the fact yeah. that both of you are just fearless, like, let's go for it. Let's do it. It's kind I of mean, dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's worked out good sometimes. It's worked out really bad other times. So, yeah. but I mean, like one thing, if, if we're looking at a scoreboard on who has the most wins versus most losses, like Chris is definitely in the lead on that. Like, but if, but overall, like she's never said to me, like, God, you know, like, I, I can't believe you did that. Like, I, I can't believe you blew this one. Like, and and never once has she said that right so knowing that it it's so empowering that like mm-hmm. i don't have to worry about that but i know i don't want to screw it up for her because i know she's got my back so work as hard as i can to make that happen um which is really cool and then i mean the other thing too is if like the whole risk you know like my favorite quotes from jim Rohn. he said you know i'll, I'll tell you how how risky life is no one gets out alive and that's kind of our philosophy is you know at least you try like you make yeah. you might fail and like trust me i'm a worrier where like i have anxiety pretty bad some days but at on the flip side is i don't want to be living when i'm nine years old and be like man what, what if i never did that mm. and like what if so like like chris said it's pretty dangerous what we can do but it's pretty cool too when it works out I love Thankfully, it. it's it's worked out to timing wise where like we're usually not both trying to start a new thing at the same time yeah or buying a new investment property as I'm like we weren't doing real estate investing when I just started selling Google Row. and now it's been four years and so we've been you know we've accumulated some investments over that time and Cameron's tried different businesses and stuff, but it was like always a little staggered, which Mm -hmm. I feel like is really nice. And I just appreciate that in its timing, because if we were both trying new ventures at the same time, that would be definitely more challenging, but it hasn't been like that so far. So we're able to just kind of like support the other one. Yeah. Uh, I love that. And um, yeah, just, Having support from your spouse, I mean, I can imagine how powerful it is. I think, you know, we all know the story of the alternative when you don't get support from your spouse. Yeah. So I just love that. There's so much power in that. And, you know, um, Cameron, you you just mentioned, you know, that you never, that, you know, Krista was never really a naysayer in your life, which is great. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And, you know, it's, it's such a unique journey that you guys took, you know, starting yeah. a business, getting into real estate. I mean, 
were there ever naysayers or did you ever have doubts or was it always <laughs> just like, let's go? No, never, man. It's been, it's been yeah. so, no, we got, so we, we lived in Folsom in like mm-hmm. a really nice house in Folsom, which apparently was like the number one place to live in California, like for families. And we moved. So Krista was, you're pregnant with Davis. I don't know how far along we like three or four months pregnant with our middle child now. And we moved from Folsom down to like South Sacramento Oh yeah, and into a duplex because I got this idea. But the only way we can get financing is if it was like owner occupied. And so like I agreed to it because I knew it would be a good investment. Yeah. And so we completely gutted out both sides and we did this. And I remember my dad, like, I'll never forget this. He said, I mean, it was a rougher part of town, but Mm -hmm. he said, like, if you guys stay this year, because, you know, we're house hacking it. So we lived in it, fixed it up for a year and then moved out and you know did repeated the process so he's like if you guys stay here a year i'll give it to you for you know sticking things through and sticking to your plan he's like but if you move out before a year i'll give it to you for being smart and so <laughs> you know he, he was like well then we can't lose now <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly, exactly that's the way to put it so i mean like while we lived there mind you krista was like we had to live there for a year. So we brought home our second child there. Our car got broken into three times in one week, oh, no. stolen twice. There was cops constantly and like helicopters going over us like all the time. But, you know, after that year, we moved out, we moved back to Folsom. And in that year we were living the other side of the, the duplex paid for our rent. So we we're living mortgage free. And then when we yeah. moved out, it was, it was cash flowing for us. So everyone's like, Oh, you're so stupid. Like, why would you do that? I'm like, well, now we're making money every month, you know, as a result of that. And we moved back and then we just kind of repeated the process and, you know, kept doing that. And every time we would sell it off, it was rolling good for us. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, you know, your story with house hacking, that's a perfect segue into talking about real estate. You know, um, that's kind of a newer, newer term that I've heard from um, bigger pockets and uh brandon turner and all those guys shouts Mm. to all those guys um what i want to ask is did you figure out that strategy all by yourself or did you did you follow a plan um the reason we did that is because we had to (laughs) yeah Yeah. i don't think you know like cameron said i was pregnant we were very comfortable in our living situation at the time but I knew he really wanted to start doing this real estate investing and I was in support of that I know that real estate investing if you can do it is wonderful you know um so the only like he said the only way we could qualify for that loan because we were on only living on his income at the time was that we had to own or occupy it Mm -hmm. so essentially we house hacked it, but it's because that was the only way we could get a loan. <laughs> yeah. If we could have qualified without living there, I, no way we, we wouldn't have done that. Yeah. But we did, and then we learned, oh, that's actually a really smart way to do it, especially if you want to repeat that process or if you don't, you know, like if maybe you don't have a huge nest egg to put down on a second property or whatever, live rent-free 
for a year or two or whatever while that other side of your duplex is paying your mortgage and then save up money, save up money and do it again. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, um, I think a lot of the listeners, that might be a new term, house hacking, and they might be wondering what we're talking about. Um, would you mind just, uh, I'd prefer if you guys do it, would you mind just saying briefly what is house hacking? All right, so we do this on, on two different ways. So there's kind of two different definitions. So house hacking is, if you want to buy like an investment property, you're going to put down either 20 to 25% down if it's, if you're not going to be owner occupying it. But Mm -hmm. if you live in it and you get just like an FHA mortgage, you can put anywhere from three to 5% down. So the barrier entry goes way down. So then you move in it and FHA says you have to live as your primary residence for a year. And then after that, you're kind of off the hook. So Mm -hmm. what we did, we didn't have a ton of money, but we moved in at three to 5% down and we throughout the year too, we, we remodeled it and did everything. The other side was paying for the mortgage. And then after that year, I mean, we were out as quick. I mean, it was down to like August 13th was the day, August 14th of the following year, we were had our backs packed and we were moved. And then we rented that side out. And so then now it's starting to produce cash well, for us. Cash flow, yeah. So what we did from there, we actually moved into my sister's house and then she said, like, they moved out of, out of the state. She said, like, hey, we're thinking about selling our house. So we're like, okay, well, we'll go buy a house. And so I guess we should start off with our biggest failure that we've ever had was right when we got married, we bought a brand new house in a new development. And everyone's saying, oh, you got to get this. The house's prices are on the rise. I didn't feel good about it. But everyone else was telling me, like, yeah, this is what you should do. It's a brand new house. And we bought it at 2006, 2007, the peak of the market. And then everything fell out. Mm. And I mean, it was just horrible. And like our house went down to half the cost of what it was. And I, I, I really got burned on that deal. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I'm never buying a brand new house again. Like just I'm never doing that. And so then our strategy was. It's nice that they don't have other people's problems that have been left behind. There is something to be said yes, about this, a new build. This is true. But, but we've learned. So. <laughs> From that process, after renting my sister's house, we went out and we bought a house and it was like a really nice neighborhood, but the house was a dump. And so then our strategy turned to, okay, well, we're going to live in this and we're going to fix it up throughout, you know, while we live here. And we thought we we're going to live there for like a long time. And then the housing market came back and just went like through the roof. We knew yeah. we, we bought it with the intention of fixing it and flipping it at some point, but we thought it'd be maybe like five or 10 years. Yeah. Um, and then the market came back so quickly. And it was like two years. It was about two years. And we had fixed it up in that time. And and like, we were actually going to sell it like in a year and a half. And then a friend of mine, they took him out to lunch. And he's like, don't sell it now. Wait two years. I'm like, why is that? He said, because after two years, you don't have to pay capital gains on. Mm, yeah. Nice. Neat. That's like $15, yeah, $15,000 in taxes right there. So he's a, he's a very dear friend of mine. And uh, <laughs> so we've done those two ways. Yeah. Basically. So then once we did that, we sold that one off and took that chunk of money and then rolled it into the next one and repeated the process. And then once we did that, sold that one off, we were able to come out here to Tennessee, like move cross country, um, where housing prices are a lot less expensive. We were to get mm-hmm. way more bang for a buck in houses. And then we were able to pick up three duplexes, which is producing us pretty good income every month as a result of just doing that. So everyone would call us crazy and stupid. And if you were, cause the last house that we did, 
10 days after we moved in, we had our third kid. And everyone's like, if you were my husband, I would be so mad at you. And I'm like, it's my <laughs> wife who's like spearheading all this, like wanting to move. So like I said, like, we're crazy. It's off the path of moving eight times in 12 years. That makes people like exhausted. But it's done really well for us by not following yeah. the status quo. So Now you live in a beautiful home in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. And <laughs> yeah. you, get, you get to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's his name? That has the headquarters over in Franklin. I can't think of his name. Oh, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey, thank you. I'm like, yeah. right. Yeah. Totally <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Dave Ramsey always says, live like nobody else so you can live like nobody else. And he says that with the intention of like, live super cheap, mm-hmm. you know, only buy things out of cash you have in your envelopes and all that stuff. And while well, that's a great premise, for us, we felt like, well, we're we're living like nobody else, so we can live like nobody else, but we're doing it a different way. Yeah. We're willing to be a little more flexible with our living situation and move more frequently if it was for the bettering of our future. And, you know, some people just aren't really willing to do that, but we were. And so I feel like that's how we lived like nobody else. So now we can live like nobody else, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah, that's that's such an inspiration, you know. Um, ever since I met you too, I just I, I don't want to keep blowing your heads up, but I was just like, wow, I just want to have a marriage <laughs> like those two. I just yeah. want to run a business like those two. I mean, it's just amazing what you two have done. Well, when you find one on MySpace, I'm telling you, it's, it's yeah, you know it's going to be legit. <laughs> that's, <how you> know. <laughs> that's 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 true love. That's true. <laughs> yeah, MySpace is for lovers. That's what I said. So. Oh, I remember MySpace. You yeah. know. Um, <laughs> So this this has been great, guys. Um, I, I loved what we talked about. I, I have one last question, and I actually got inspired from our phone call before this call um, to ask this question. You know, being in business, being an entrepreneur, how has living your life as a Christian, how has that positively affected that? Would you, I know that's kind of like a big one. That's a deep one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in in the sense of giving back, I mean, mm-hmm. like one, one thing as a Christian, we're, we're guaranteed, we're promised, everything's going to work out okay. I mean, you can read in Matthew 6, 24 through 35, like, don't worry, you know, look at the birds of the fields, you know, yeah. everything with that, you know, and like even Solomon wasn't, you know, clothed in anything as, as great as that. Um, you know, that's, that's including LuLaRoe clothes too. Like the birds of the field are definitely clothed better than the LuLaRoe too. <laughs> but uh, just... Again, when it when it comes to taking risks, I mean, don't you don't do stupid things, but just you know God's going to take care of you, and as long as you put Him first, like I'll tell you one thing, like about our marriage, we put God first. Like there's different pillars in our in our life. God's at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Like we don't make any bones. We're we're always at church. We're always investing in our kids, like reading Bible stories and things along those lines. Like that's that needs to be instilled, like that foundation. Mm-hmm. And there's so many blessings that come like as a result of that. Um, in addition, the more you can give, you know, which, which I find funny is every, even like not religious financial planners or things like that, they all talk about giving. Yeah. And, you know, one of the, the blessings that we've had with like LuLaRoe is we've been getting able to give like over $10,000 to different charities and organizations from what we've been able to do with LuLaRoe, which we couldn't do before. Right. Yeah. And so sometimes people are like, Oh, you know, all you care about is money. It's like, 
no, that's not the whole thing, but you can do a lot of good with those resources. And yeah. so, I mean, I, I see that and it's, it's a platform for us to, to kind of speak our faith. I mean, we're not in our group. We're not, you know, given a sermon or anything like that, like all mm-hmm. the time, but you do good for other people and ask about it, or we'll just tell them like, Hey, you know, like we need to pray for you or, you know, like we're Christians. We, we don't make any bones about that. So it's, it's really they know, neat. they know we, I dress up for church on Sundays because that's when I have, I'll have a, you know, good outfit photo for them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Hey, this is what I wore today, you know? And, um, that's usually a day that I try to get ready and look my best. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> they know, they know we're at church and you know, that that's a big part of our lives. And, um, yeah, I think like you said, just kind of, leaning on God when you are when you feel like you're taking a risk mm-hmm. um that has been the biggest thing because I mean without without prayer yeah uh, we would have had some really dark times I think so yeah did we lose you no yeah sorry about that guys right, yeah no I love that you um okay I lost my light that's yeah, okay um I, I love that you said that um you know, your faith in God and ha- helped you stay the course, you know, you, you knew that he would provide for you and that, that helped you keep the way. I mean, you, you had faith in him and then, you know, that, that, that gave you faith in yourself to go out and do it. Would you agree with yeah. that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, like, like Chris was talking about, if we didn't have our faith, I mean, there's, there's been pretty dark times mm-hmm. um, where there's been a lot of prayer going on. You know, and if we didn't have that, that would, I mean, I don't know what else we would fall back on, you know, along those lines. Yeah. Amen. And I love that you mentioned giving back. Um, you know, I'm uh, like five for O on mentioning giving back on my episodes. Every single time that I have a really great interview with a really successful person or couple, um, mm-hmm. they always mention giving back. And you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know where their faith lies necessarily, but it seems they just stumbled on one of the fundamental God's principles, you know, yeah. golden rule. You, you give and, you know, you receive. So. I think that's probably because, you know, people think like, oh, if I invest in real estate or if I start this business, I'm going to get money and money is what makes you happy. But, you know, everyone knows like money isn't really what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. Um, but giving and service, those are the things that make you truly happy inside your core. And so I think, um, even people who are not religious recognize that when they do that, they feel good. And that feeling is kind of, you know, it's a driving force. So I think Amen. anybody anybody would tell you, um, yeah, like giving is good and you should <laughs> do it as much as you can. <laughs> uh, the best the best explanation. Don't edit this out because it's good. All right, yeah. this is a good analogy. <laughs> so, like giving back in charity, it's like peeing your pants. Everyone sees you do it, but only you get to feel the warmth. Right. So <laughs> I think you should cut that's that great. No, no, you should lead with that one. That's, no, that's great. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. 
Wow. Uh, <laughs> Where to go from there? Yeah, no, yeah. No, that that's great. I love, no, yeah, the power of giving back. I mean, that's all you can say. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, with, with success, you get more resources and you have a, a greater propensity for giving back. I yeah. mean, um, I don't think there's anything selfish about that. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's cool, man. It's like I said, it's definitely risky. There's definitely nights where you wake up in cold sweats. Like, what am I doing? Like, you know, if like right mm-hmm. now we had an eviction in one of our duplexes and going through that and we had to completely remodel it, you know, and it's like a lot of money goes out to it. And when you're in the moment, it's yeah. really freaky, but then you just kind of have that long-term perspective of like, this is like, this is right. You know, it's, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's part of the process yeah. and you know, it's, you can do a lot of good when it's, when it's over. So, yeah. yeah, I'm suffering through, you know, pretty similar trials and tribulations in my real estate portfolio. And I mean, I, I just keep reminding myself, I mean, real estate business, it's a long game. Yeah. It's not, it's not get rich quick. Yeah. Like everybody yeah. says. I mean, maybe with Lula Row, it seems like you guys took yeah, off pretty quickly. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but you know, real estate business, yeah. I mean, you gotta, you, <laughs> yeah, you gotta be in it. Yeah, yeah. but you know, um, you know. So, you know, upon saying that, I just want to thank you guys so much for uh, coming on the show and for sharing um, so much of your wisdom and you know, inspiring us on to becoming entrepreneurial you know i yeah. just want to thank you guys so much thank you Cameron oh, thank and you donnie yeah thanks, thanks for thinking of us that's really um i don't know if like humbling is the word but awesome it's really touching thank you it's awesome is what no, it is. thank you i've been you know you've been one of you were one of the first people i wanted to interview i'm like i need to get these guys on the show these guys are yeah. doing great things <laughs> yeah so and just a quick reminder guys if you want to reach out to Cameron and Krista Carosa, just find out more about what they're doing and check out LuLaRoe. You know, don't forget, check out their Facebook, shoppingwithcc.com, Instagram, LuLaRoe, shoppingwithcc, and their web store, shoppingnowwithcc.com. And thank you so much again, guys, and don't forget, never stop coming.